Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Good morning. Thank you guys for coming out early on a Monday morning. A beautiful um, Monday yeah, morning. Yeah, beautiful Monday morning. So uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Laura Heacock. And for those of you that don't know Kelly... I'm Kelly Stewart. <laughs> and we host the Doing Good Business podcast. And we are so excited to have you guys here for our first live podcast event. Thank you to Alex Dingley for recording. This episode's going to be out there in May. Um, but we've got an amazing panel of folks. You can see some info on your panelists on the handout and we're going to talk about putting a culture mindset to work. So a little bit about Kelly and I. I am a leadership coach, and I bring the micro perspective to the podcast. And Kelly? I'm a business strategist, and I bring the macro perspective to the podcast. And that is in helping organizations implement all of the good things that we want to become personally and bring out the best in our teams. So our goal for doing good business, we like to say that our podcast is where the personal and the professional meet. Um, personal and professional development, and we have these amazing panelists that are going to talk about culture, and we have perspectives of large corporations and uh, business owners as well, so we will let them introduce themselves, and then we will dig in. Diana, do you want to start us off? Sure thing. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Um, my name is Diana Asbury. I am the marketing director at WorkZone. Um, we are a project management software company. We're located um, between Bluebell and Norristown. And um, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for being here. Good morning. My name's Hope Bear. I am the Chief People Officer of AWeber, so welcome to our home. We are an email marketing company, and basically it's a platform that allows you to send emails to your customers. We, I've been here for a little over five years, and I'm excited to be here to talk to you about culture. Hope is our first guest on the podcast, and thank you yeah. again for hosting us this morning and for the lovely breakfast. You're quite welcome. I'm not used to this yet. <laughs> Blame Alex. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jim Bishop. I'm the founder of the Cornerstone Clubs. Some refer to it as Cornerstone Health and Fitness. I'd like to think of us as creating environments in the Central Bucks community to inspire, educate, and motivate individuals to uh, take better care of themselves and be more fit and enjoy a higher quality of life. I'm going to go ahead and use my radio commercial as my introduction. Yes. Hi, I'm Kevin Nolan from Nolan Painting. I always say communities are only as good as the people who live in them. The most vibrant communities have lots of people who care. At Nolan, we count ourselves among those people. That's why we sponsor and volunteer hundreds of events in the communities we serve. We give back, not because it's trendy, because it's always been the right thing to do. We've been doing this for over 40 years. Go to nolanpainting.com and Nolan Painting in the Neighborhood and see a list of the events we are supporting. Then please come by and stop and say hello. Help us support your great community. Nolan Painting, improving homes and neighborhoods since 1979. It wasn't perfect. I'm about to do nice. another take. We need to hire Kevin Nolan to do our new intro and outro I, for the I podcast. Love, I was just going to say, I love your voiceover. Thank you, Kevin Nolan. Awesome. I, I have a radio, a radio face. <laughs> Sorry, this podcast is only being audio recorded. 
So thank you all for, for being here, and thank you all. And Alex did have one um, housekeeping item for us, too. When We're going to be asking some questions, but when it comes time for you all to ask some questions, don't forget to go up to the microphone. So while we can all hear you, we want to make sure we're getting a good recording for our listeners. You too can be amplified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're here today, and we're going to talk about putting a culture mindset to work at your company. And we're going to help people understand how you do that. But I think the first question that we have for our panelists today is really, why? Why do you focus on culture in your organization? Why is it important to you? And fight amongst yourselves as to who wants to go first on that. Um, well, WorkZone um, is interesting because WorkZone was actually created to have a good company culture more than anything else. Um, the, the founders, the co-founders, um, and even in my experience in the past, I, I, maybe many of you, have worked for companies where culture wasn't number one. It was about profits, um, growth, potentially maybe even getting acquired or uh, getting venture backing. Um, this was the exact, exact opposite of the goal for the co-founders. They wanted to create a place that was a good place to come to work, that you wanted to come to work, that people would feel happy and that they were satisfied with um, compensation, that they weren't nervous um, to, to be involved, to speak up, to be curious um, and ask questions. And so that's why it matters to us because we really um, don't want a company where there's, there's fear-based leadership. Instead, we want everyone to feel a sense of trust and community within the organization, like their ideas matter, because they, they truly do, and that they're able to speak up and, and talk to us about anything. Um, so, so that's why it's so important, because it's really the foundation of why WorkZone exists. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Uh, I'll go. Um, so I, uh, I think one of the great things about uh, having your own company, and I own my own company now for 40 years, one of the great things is that you, you decide. You decide what you want it to be. And um, so a values-based company has always been what I wanted to be. You know, the painting business is, is what it is. It's, we paint houses. Um, it can be fun. It can be boring. Uh, but it's laborious any way you look at it. But the values that we put in our company are really permanent. And um, so culture is super important. And the values that we talk about is, is part of that culture. And so I'm the chief, chief cultural officer. Um, there's a saying that if, um, that if the CEO isn't doing culture, someone else in the organization probably is. And unless they've been hired and, and that's part of their job description, um, it may not be the kind of culture that you want. So uh, I'm a real big proponent in, in talking about culture all the time, uh, constantly. Mission, vision, values. Um, some of our things that are, that are important to us um, is to be a best place to work. And we just won an award last week. It's a top place to work. Congratulations. Yes. Probably our, our 12th year in a row. It's important to us to be a best place to work. Um, and that's a priority for us. And other things like friendliness and accountability um, and uh, shared family values, these are things that are important to us. And I, I do believe that's why people work for us, not just to paint houses. I think they work for us because um, we have a really great atmosphere that, um, you know, I once had a coach, a business coach, and I said, there's no drama around here. And he said, yes, there is. You have drama in your organization, but it's your drama. And so I, I feel like I'm in charge of, I'm um, also the chief drama officer. So, um, <laughs> 
if there's off, if there's drama, I want it to be about I want it to be about things that we're doing that are really cool and really great for the environment and really great for our our company. That that's the drama, you know, whether it's. Um, us trying to hit a number for that month, or whether we're the five community events that we sponsored this past weekend, uh, there's plenty of drama, but it's positive drama. And so, uh, just like being a positive business, you want to have positive drama. Empowering. Thanks, Kevin. I love positive drama. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for us at A. Weber, culture is really number one. It's our belief that anybody can do any job if you have the skills and you have the will. It's harder to say how are you going to do it in the in this um, sense of what type of person do you want to be? Do you want to be respectful? Do you want to be collaborative? Do you want to be somebody who is going to inspire others? And when you think about those types of things, those are the values that really um, form a Weber's culture and they stand above our doorway when we walk through the building and yes there are words that are on a wall but everybody's expected to live by them and more importantly when we recruit we recruit for them so you could have the skills but if you can't speak to the way in which you've actually behaved and lived those values you're not going to be a good fit at a weber because we really believe that you can't separate your work from your home life right when you walk through the front doors in the morning or you leave you're either taking your job with you or you're bringing your whole self in and we want your whole self here we believe that your whole self is what's going to create the great solutions that are going to help our customers. And in, at the end of the day, it's going to help our individual team members grow and it's going to help the business grow. So from my perspective, as well as A. Weber's perspective, there's no room or no way we could not have a culture within A. Weber. It really is, let's say, the engine that helps us move forward. I will say that in addition to words above the you know, on the wall when you walk in, having slides in the lobby really speaks to the culture too. So <laughs> just yeah. add that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I always say to everybody, you know, when people first walk into our building and they see the slides, you're like, oh my God. And you have a big smile and they're like, oh my God, you must be able to recruit like mad with that. And I always say to everybody, everybody, you know, that's a great first impression, the slide. And every day I walk in and I say to myself, I am so fortunate to be here. But it's not about the slides. It's about the people. It's about the team. So yes, the slides welcome me every morning if there's nobody here to welcome me at the front desk, let's say. But at the end of the day, what keeps me here are the people on the team. Jim? I have nothing to say now. Oh, bring it home. <laughs> now I can see that with this unison of, of our, the panelists that you have here, it's going to be a lot of repetitive uh, nature simply because if I could be a cliche, it's doing the right thing. Um, having a good culture is just the right thing to do. You can base everything off of the foundation of your culture and then no one has to worry about making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. They base it off the culture, they base it off of what your beliefs are. And I found we find that the most important thing is to build a culture that everybody wants to be a part of but realizes that it's something to be a part of bigger than themselves. And I think that kind of wraps up, you know, my perspective of the culture was built when I decided to open up the business 20, uh, 25 years ago. But from that day that I decided to open up the business, it became everybody's vision, everybody's culture that we had to embody. 
and the more that I can work toward having everybody realize that they can be a part of the culture and find their own individual passion within what our culture is and realizing that they can't do it by themselves, nor can I, and we build on it as a big empire simply because everybody's a part of something being bigger than themselves. Well, Jim, if you want to start off the next question, since you just uh, rounded up the first one, what have you noticed from making the choice that culture is a priority in your organization? And this can be anything. This can be anything from hiring to turnover to retention. You know, we talked a lot in this about everybody knows the job market's crazy, best job market in three, four decades, but that has an inverse correlation with turnover. So, you know, when it's easy for people to find jobs, it's also easy for people to leave jobs, but it can be any part of your life cycle of your business. What have you noticed by prioritizing culture? I've definitely realized that it's a work in progress and I think the biggest thing that I've noticed and realized in culture is that it's it's a greater appreciation of the journey than realizing that it's a destination so true yeah. so true and it's a long-term commitment it's not yeah, a uh, flash in the pan. So. It's yeah. not a strategy, I mean, really. If you can really realize that this is where you might want to be in the future, but see these stepping stones as rewards and not getting overwhelmed by the resistance and realizing that we just made progress and having everybody communicate that, it's phenomenal how the energy can flow, regardless of how much resistance or positive things occur. I like to address the labor market because, um, you know, all the employers are always crying about the fact they can't get people. And by the way, crying does not work. It's not a solution. Uh, you need there's solutions. No, I used to say there's no crying in IT recruiting. <laughs> there was, though. <laughs> the, uh, the reality of it is, is that uh, so there's low unemployment, which uh, is a great thing, right? Um, the, the good news for us is that every, most people that are coming to us are currently working uh, at a job. You know, and they're going to give their two weeks notice, but they're, gonna, they're currently working that is a better potential employee than the one that wasn't working. Just saying, it's always better to hire someone who's currently working. You know, you can get into bad habits pretty quick, you know, a couple weeks of not working and all of a sudden working seems hard again. So you want people that are currently working. Um, and also, if, you want to, if, you're, if you're a best place to work, you will not have problems really recruiting because uh, people are always looking to be better, to get to go to someplace better or... Uh, a better place to work, um, and so if the you know if the average is people are are employing a few people and getting a few hires, we're we're just decidedly above average company in many many ways, in just you know obviously our culture and our belief systems, but also we do everything um, you know more aggressively. We work harder. Uh, we're very aggressive at recruiting. Um, we're advertising, we're offering higher wages. We are going to be aggressive at it, and we're going to be successful. And nowhere is there any crying. <laughs> so I think that mindset, I mean, really, just think about, like, if I was interviewing for your job, and you came to me and you said, we are good at this. You know, we are a great company. We have, you know, here's the proof in the pudding. But just to have that perspective and that mindset, as, you know, Kelly always reminds me, that's an amazing energy to put out there. And that's an amazing way to just start any relationship with anyone that's going to be a part of your company. You've got to sell the company. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And Hope, I know from our previous discussions too, you do a lot here at AWeber to really kind of measure in some ways, you know, the, what this decision has made to AWeber. Is that something that you can share with our group here? Some of those things that well, I always like to tie it to the business strategy. Everyone knows Kelly that loves a me. metric. I love a metric. Sure. <laughs> Never met a metric I didn't like. <laughs> so um, can you <laughs> can you talk about that? That's right. If you, you don't measure, you can't manage Absolutely. it. Thank you. Yeah. You don't get what you don't measure. So um, 
from a turnover perspective, since we started really emphasizing culture, and when I say really emphasizing culture, it's about talking about the culture, inspiring the team to be a part of that culture and to be active in it because culture isn't owned by one person, it's owned by the team at large. And um, so turnover was something that we decreased. We actually cut our turnover, turnover in half. From a retention standpoint, we are now over 3.2 years, which in the tech industry is actually unheard of. And I mean, my engineers, they get headhunters calling them. They could get 10 calls a week. And because of the culture, because they feel they are part of a Weber and they have a vested interest in a Weber, they say no thank you. And that's huge because, you know, there are those life instances that happen and we will lose people. But by and large, when those calls come in, they're saying no thank you, I'm not looking. So turnover, retention. Also, we do an internal engagement survey three times a year. And we have now said that that is non-anonymous. So from a cultural standpoint, we want your feedback and we want you to tie your name to it because we want you to be part of the solution. So tell us what's good, tell us what we need to improve upon, but we want your name so number one, we can get more context from you and you can be part of the solution. If I don't know where it's coming from, I can't really address it in a good way and I'm not going to talk to all 112 people. I need to talk to that one that wrote that specific feedback. So our NPS survey, as we refer to it in-house, um, definitely has been increasing and at the end of the day, if I were to go back four years from a business results standpoint, uh, we were not meeting our deadlines internally to push features out to customers. And now we're at 100% completion for sprints. So every two weeks we are pushing features, new features out to our customers, which speaks volumes and our customers see it. I mean, what if you go on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, the community's talking about us and they're saying, thank you so much, we've been asking about this. And that makes the team feel really, really great, right? Everybody wants to do something good. Everybody wants to belong to an organization where they're contributing. And that feeds back into the culture again. So culture makes a difference and it definitely delivers to the bottom line. Hope, I'm curious, do you engage the individual? So when you do the internal NPS and it's named, so you know, Laura said that we need X, Y, and Z. Do you then come to that individual person to help them you know, be part of the solution, to engage them in making that shift? Yes, we do it in two ways. Number one, uh, as soon as I get the feedback, I go to the manager and I say, you really need to sit down with Joe or Jane. They had this specific feedback. I need you to work through it with them. And then from a company standpoint, if it is a theme that's overall, sometimes we'll put together a cross-functional team and they'll work through that together. And you know, sometimes those ideas are taken. Sometimes those ideas need to be modified. Sometimes those ideas are said, you know what, we just can't do it from a business standpoint right now. But the important part is, is that they're involved and there's a two-way dialogue and that, and that makes a difference. Awesome. Thanks. Diana, Jim? Um, so I think to myself that it's kind of amazing what happens when you treat adults like they're adults. Um, <laughs> and well crazy said. talk. <laughs> Um, so this comes in, 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 a, in a really trust. You have to have trust in two different ways. So first off, as any leader or manager, 
you have to gain the trust of your employees. And, and that comes from consistency, from letting them be open to you when they fail at something, not attacking them or throwing them under the bus and all of those things that we know are good management things. But there's a flip side to that that comes with a really good culture. And that's about treating your employees the same way, that you trust them. The reality is, of course, we all have bad eggs, employees that, that don't perform that well. But if you look back to the first day that they came in, um, and, and do you think to yourself, well, in that first day, they wanted to do a bad job? No. No one wants to take a job, get paid for it, and do a bad job. Doesn't matter how bad you, bad you think that egg is, it didn't want to be that. <laughs> so it, if you trust your employees and allow them to uh, be a part of solutions, speak up, uh, talk to you openly, and to trust that they're doing the work they're doing. Uh, at WorkZone, we allow our employees to work from home. Some of them are remote. Um, most employees come in three days a week. Uh, most employees stay at home Mondays and Fridays. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. When I first heard about this, I thought, wow, what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> crazy talk, guys. Um, and uh, being a part of that culture, you know, very quickly I, I see how well it works um, because everyone is taking responsibility. Um, they're not just being compliant. They're not just saying like, okay, this is what they told me to do. I'm going to do exactly this. They're taking ownership of their role, of their time, and then they're also able to take ownership of their families and their life outside of work. Um, and as Hope said, it all integrates into one thing. So, um, for me, uh, I come up with just as brilliant of ideas in the morning getting ready or even sleeping in some days, and I go, oh, gosh, that's, a, that's solved, versus feeling stressed and, and trying to force ideas. Now, I'm a marketing person, so that, that matters to me. And of course, with every workforce, it's different. But I was listening to an interview recently, and uh, the, the woman who uh, runs um, uh, probably a, 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 people, a chief people officer too, um, uh, not an HR person, but she was talking about how um, they were redoing their employee manual, and, and for the dress code, it was like three pages long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she finally decided to say to everyone, let's boil this down to dress appropriately. Did you hear this? <laughs> she does. And it was, um, I think it was in Adam Grant's new audiobook. Um, but anywho, uh, everyone fought back. They said, well, well, what do I do if they come in and, and they're wearing jeans and they're not supposed to wear jeans? Or what do I do if, if they come in in a, in a tank top? Or, well, the question is, is that appropriate for the job you do? Some people aren't client-facing, so they can come in in jeans. Some people have to sell every day and need to wear a suit. Dress appropriately solves that problem, and you're treating people like adults, and then you're treating the managers and the leaders like adults, like they could have that conversation, and it could be productive, rather than saying, oh, I can only manage to what's in a handbook. And so I think really it comes down to that. We feel it's important to treat people like they're adults, because they are, and so uh, I, would, I would say if, if you leave here thinking about one thing, treat your employees like they are adults because they're gonna rise to that occasion. And I think that's so true. It's that all of that psychological well-being that you're describing there um, is also contagious, right? We know that negativity is contagious and it spreads very quickly. The flip side of that uh, that people don't think about as much is that positivity is just as contagious. So if you have a choice, 
which of course you do, to um, spread one or the other, you want to spread the things that are going to empower people because it does benefit the bottom line. And I love Laura says, uh, to that last part about what you were talking about, Laura talks about don't legislate in your organization, right? Like don't legislate things. And I think that's a great example of that. So thank you. Jim, what have you noticed for making the choice to have culture be really pivotal in your business? I, I think that one of the things that I like to live by is, is looking, at, looking in the mirror first and realizing where you are. Are you the same person at home as you are at work? And if you're not, you have a lot of work to do before you start um, building culture within yourself. So true. So I, that's probably one of my biggest creeds personally. I always evaluate conversations after I've had them with individuals regardless of how positive or potentially contentious they were. So I look at myself because I figure if I'm going to be the one who wants to build trust and earn trust and build a culture of which I started, I had to make sure that I'm true to myself first. That's awesome. Um, both uh, Diana and Hope both mentioned um, accountability in different forms. You said ownership and you talked about how if somebody had a, con a comment that they had to take ownership of it so that they could become part of the solution. And so I mentioned that one of our values was accountability. And, um, and, and the reason is, is because at the end of the day, like blaming and using terms like they and having, having all these uh, stupid rules that they, people comment on, at the end of the day, people have to be accountable um, and ask themselves, what can they do about it? So if someone has a problem at work, what can you do about it? Can you, do, you, do you whisper and start the gossip mill and rumors? Or, or do you address it in a, in a positive way? And we really, really want people to be uh, able to um, make, learn and make mistakes and learn from them, because we know that that's part of life. Things happen all the time. Um, but we want them to be accountable uh, for their own happiness, um, for their own success. Um, and so we always say, always ask yourself, what can I do about something? What or how can I fix something? Never ever asking, you know, what can they do to help me? It's what can I do to help them? Um, that mentality creates um, a really positive atmosphere where people do things unsolicited to make their job and their world and customers better and happier. Um, and that's the kind of uh, culture that we're constantly uh, reinforcing. So, so accountability, you know, it sounds a little bit like uh, responsibility, but um, what it really means is um, taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life um, and having a positive impact on it. So I'll steal Kelly's metric thunder for a second and just say to your point, every single study that you hear about, you know, employees and relationship, when people have that ownership and when people feel heard when their name is on a survey and somebody goes to them and said, hey, your name is on the survey, I want you to be part of that problem, it increases their engagement. It makes them feel more empowered. It makes them feel like they're part of the organization so that when the recruiter does call, they're like, no, I'm good. You know, I just had my leader's leader come to me and say, you know, I want, to I want you to help fix this problem. You pointed this out. Thank you so much. They're engaged in the organization and it's so much more, you know, giving people... I can do everything I want in the world right yeah, here, right in my here. job, right here. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. All right. Love it. I have one quick question to ask before we move and everyone doesn't have to answer if you don't want to. 
you all have stellar companies, and I hope everyone here today and the people who will be listening on the podcast understand why we've asked you all to be here, right? You inspire us on, on a regular basis. Um, so I'm imagining myself replying to an ad at any one of your companies, and I'm walking in and I'm hearing about some of these things. Like, what type of response do you get that kind of incredulous, no, really, you must be joking? And Diane, I think, right, like you said that when you first saw the one yes. policy. Like, yeah. what, what's the funniest or most, the thing that left the, and the biggest impact on you where you had to really kind of maybe explain to somebody, no, this is real life, this is happening here at this company. Well, it's funny because um, we're in the process of potentially hiring somebody that um, I've worked with in the past. And after uh, they came in and visited, the amount of texts that I get every week because they're so excited about the potential of working for us <laughs> is is crazy. Um, right. and, and that's pretty powerful in and of itself when they hear about all of the things that we do and um, you know things that we haven't even spoken about, things like every Thursday we have a team meeting. Every person in the company is involved. Uh, we talk about the customers we've brought on, the customers who are leaving, why they're leaving. We dig into those things. We Every department gives a presentation. Um, um, and there's an open conversation. Uh, those kind of things are, are things that don't happen at every company. You don't always feel like you have a voice, and that's so much a part of what we do. Um, if they're remote employees, we fly them in every quarter so that we have a, a, a group meeting. And we actually do a duplicate board meeting. So just because our board meet, meets and, and goes over the financials, every single person at the employee sees those numbers. They know the health of the company and what's going on. And Kelly so these that. type of things... <laughs> I'm getting a little giddy. Kelly's getting all like <laughs> up in um, her. And, and then, uh, you know, the one thing that really affected me, having... Um, come from different companies where insurance, health insurance, is a very hot topic. And when I found out um, that at WorkZone, they cover 90% for the whole family, it was, for me, that is huge. Because I have seen people feel like they needed to decide between whether it made sense to um, go on a different program for their kids, whether it made sense to keep working because the health insurance was so high. Um, I've heard all of those horror stories. We all have. And so I think just showing that health and wellness matters as much. And then the last thing I want to mention is just us all doing volunteer work. We actually give every employee money to donate to charity um, every year. And so it's a charity of their choice. Uh, we go out and volunteer together. You know when you're coming to work there, you're automatically getting a good person if they care about these things that we care about. And um, so when I get those those texts, it makes me really happy because I think to myself, well, hopefully, you know, they're seeing that value that I saw in the company as well. Awesome. So I'll quote uh, Hope, if I may. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to make note that one of the things that always... I don't even know how to describe it because it just boggles my mind all the time. It makes me feel so warm on the inside is when we actually hire a new team member, they go through a two week onboarding class within AWeber and it's a general onboarding and it's really focused on culture for the two weeks and getting a really good understanding of who we are and what we do. And then they move into their role and they do a 90 day onboarding for their specific role. And as we know right now, when we say the labor market is tight, I mean, people are recruiting and it's all in the marketing messages, right? So they might say flexible work environment, but then they say you can only work one day from home when you get down into the fine print of it. So everybody's saying the taglines, but how it's actually implemented is much different in every company. And what is 
unbelievable to me is every day when we have that new team member and I walk in and I say hello to them, they say to me, oh my God, I never thought it was going to be like this. And I'd be, and I say to them, what do you mean? And they're like, everybody's so nice. I didn't think everybody was going to be this nice after the interview. You know, the interview's one thing, real life's another thing. And I'm like, no, that's who we are. What you see is what you get. And it's the small things that they start to realize what we were saying is true, right? We're walking our talk. And I think that's just so important that, you know, yes, we have to get our marketing messages out there within the community, but what's even more important is really having the reputation that you're walking your talk. So that when those new team members come in, they're not waiting for that other shoe to drop. They're just saying, you know what? They're meeting my expectations and I made a great decision every day. So for me, that's really something that continues to amaze me and something that really continues to inspire me because from medical insurance to flexible work environments to just having an environment where people will say hello to you and stop what they're doing to help you, those are the small things that actually make a big difference as well as the big things that make a big difference. Join us next week for the second half of the Doing Good Business live podcast event. You'll hear audience Q&A and some awesome, amazing answers from all of our panel guests. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business Podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs, and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening, and remember to expect good things from everything you do. 